Today's message will be on 1 Samuel chapter 20, but I want to read from 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 to 3, about David and Jonathan. If you need a Bible, there's ones at the back, and you're welcome to keep them. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth, its power. We ask that you would speak to us through it, through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Before I moved to Vancouver Island a number of years ago, I lived on the mainland in Coquitlam. And in my last year in Coquitlam, I met a great friend, Andre. And Andre and I, we just clicked. We respected each other. We liked doing a lot of the same things. We'd throw the football around, try some one-handed catches. And then he introduced me to his other friends, and we played flag football, full contact in the line. There's nothing like lining up opposite your friend. And it's even more fun when you're on the same team. You're driving down the field. And Andre was fast, smart, a good threat as a wide receiver. And we were just goofy together, me and Andre. I mean, you think I'm goofy? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do because you really know me. This was like exponential goofiness, like one dad joke playing off another dad joke. But we could get serious too. We talked about our life, about our families, talked about faith. Just a great friendship, me and Andre. Then I had to leave. I decided to move to Vancouver Island with my family. And it was hard to leave. And he came over to visit, and I went back to visit him. But it just wasn't the same. It's different when you live in a different city. And friendships friendships like that are a gift. Friendship is a gift. It's precious. And friends willingly sacrifice for each other. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, we have a story of friendship. Jonathan and David. David and Jonathan. For some people, their names are synonymous with friendship. But this is an unlikely friendship. Why? Why would I say that, that it's unlikely? Well, because Jonathan... He's the son of the king. 
Jonathan's father is King Saul. So you'd think that one of King Saul's son is next in line and should be the next king. And why not Jonathan? Jonathan would be a great king. He's a courageous warrior. He's respected by others. Take a look at chapter 14. And Jonathan respects God. He's a God-fearing man. Jonathan would be a great king. Jonathan for king! Let's go! No. Jonathan's not going to be king. David's going to be the next king. We've already read in chapter 16 that David has been anointed by Samuel. David is the one God has chosen, not Jonathan. So the unlikely situation is that Jonathan's close friend is the one who's taking the kingship over from his family. Like, it doesn't make sense that these two should be friends. If anything, they're rivals. There could be jealousy, animosity, bitterness, prolonged hurt feelings. But instead, there's friendship. Genuine, caring friendship. The kind of friendship where you're willing to sacrifice for each other. I believe it's because they both submit to the will of God for their lives. They both understand that ultimately God is king. God is in control. He chooses. He sets up kingdoms. He tears down kingdoms. And both Jonathan and David choose to submit to God's authority. I believe it's a powerful example for our church, for us, as we submit to and follow Jesus, unlikely acquaintances become close friends. Grievances will be solved. Obstacles will be removed. Challenges will be overcome because friends sacrifice for each other and friends who follow Jesus sacrifice in Christ-like ways. Let's look at the narrative. What's happening in 1 Samuel 20 for Jonathan and David? Why is your dad trying to kill me? Like, what have I done wrong? No, 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 no. My, da my dad's not trying to kill you. He would let me know. He doesn't do anything without letting me know. That's how the conversation starts. You can tell it's an Old Testament story. Friends can share emotions. It's okay. They get a lot of their feelings out. That's all right. We just have to move past them. Friends don't stay stuck in the hurt. And the backstory, if you read chapter 19, 
and I hope you have or I hope you will, is that Jonathan has been this wonderful peacemaker. And it's another reason why he would make a great king. But God had other plans. Saul had asked Jonathan and others to kill David. Like, I want David dead. But Jonathan had spoken up for David, defended his friend, while at the same time, Jonathan was trying to do what was best for his father, Saul, and the country. One commentator, Mary Evans, says that Jonathan's actions are a wonderful example of pastoral diplomacy, and they deserve to be studied by all who face conflict between those they care about. Ever been stuck in the middle? It's a difficult place. And Jonathan smooths things over between Saul and David, but it doesn't last. Sometimes our best efforts to help out don't work. Saul continues to try to kill David. He throws a spear at him. He sends men to his house to kill him. But Jonathan doesn't know about any of this. David explains it to him. Look, your dad knows we're tight. He's keeping things from you. But trust me, David says, trust me. There's only one step between me and death. David is an honest friend. He's willing to speak the truth. And this couldn't have been easy for Jonathan to hear that his father was still trying to kill his friend. But he accepts what David says. He believes David. And Jonathan says, whatever you need, I'm here for you. Whatever you need. Friends are there for each other. In the toughest of times, there's an expression that someone is just a fair-weather friend, someone who only stays around in the sunny skies when everything's going well. We all know a fair-weather friend is really no friend at all. Because friends will sacrifice for each other. Friends will be there through the good, the bad, the ugly. And David and Jonathan make a plan. David comes up with a plan, and he fully relies on Jonathan. They're going to figure it out together. Teamwork makes the dream work. And David's deliberately going to stay away from the new moon feast. And Jonathan's going to, going to try to cover for him. But more than that, he's going to see if his father Saul gets angry at David. They both agree that if Saul gets angry, he still wants to kill David. And David trusts that Jonathan will warn him. David doesn't try to leave right away. He commits to waiting. He'll wait until his friend Jonathan 
lets him know about Saul's intentions. And Jonathan swears by the Lord that he'll warn David. He'll let David know what is happening. Jonathan is a faithful friend. And Jonathan asks David to be a faithful friend. Show me unfailing kindness like the Lord's kindness. Verse 14. That's what Jonathan asked David to do. Show me unfailing kindness. The Hebrew word is chesed, and it can be translated kindness, faithfulness, loyalty, steadfast love. Chesed is often used to describe God's love, God's steadfast love, God's unfailing kindness. Show me chesed. Show me unfailing kindness. And show this unfailing kindness like the steadfast love of God, not only to me, but to my family. Will we show each other chesed? Unfailing kindness, steadfast love, like the love that God pours out on us. And a covenant is made, a covenant between Jonathan and David. This covenant between Jonathan and David is mentioned in several verses. Repetition is a sign that this is important, this is significant. And David will remember this covenant that was made long after Jonathan dies. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, we read how David shows kindness to Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan. Jonathan goes to the new moon feast, and David doesn't. And Saul's at the feast sitting down to eat, and Saul looks over to where David's supposed to be sitting. Ah, where's, where's David? Ah, he's probably ceremonially unclean. He'll, he'll be here tomorrow. I, I won't say anything. But the next day at the feast, David's still not there. And Saul asks, why isn't David here? Won't even say his name. Why isn't that son of Jesse not here? Jonathan gives the excuse that David had told him to give. And then Saul just loses it. And he directs his anger at Jonathan. He brings Jonathan's mother into it. Seriously? I mean, no class whatsoever. Then he throws a spear at Jonathan. Like your own son, you just threw a spear at your own son. And it's obvious, Saul hasn't changed. A downward spiral, the sin snowball. 
And Jonathan knows, Jonathan knows that his father intends to kill his friend. And Jonathan gets up from the table and he's angry. And I love this, not because he's angry, but because of what made him angry. Jonathan's not upset about how he was treated, even though you'd think he had every right to be. I mean, he just had a spear chucked at him. No, he's angry. He's grieved. He's broken. He won't even eat because of how his father has just treated his friend David. Friends stand up for each other. They react to injustice. They don't sit idly by while someone suffers. And Jonathan goes to warn David. He gives the signal. The arrow that goes beyond the signal that David will have to go. I guess if you have poor cell reception, just use an arrow. No, but it's not a laughing matter. And the friends embrace. There are tears. It says David cried the most. I relate. David's leaving. Jonathan will stay. Reading verse 42. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to town. It's a hard ending. And we do read in 1 Samuel 23, verses 16 and 18, that Jonathan and David met again at Horesh, but I don't think it's ever the same. David was on the run. And Jonathan, he stayed with his father, loyal unto death. Friendship's not always easy. It's not always simple, but friends will sacrifice for each other. Friends are loyal. Friends are dependable. Friends are kind. And friendship goes two ways. It's not abuse. It's not codependency. Friends have boundaries. But friends sacrifice for each other. They give of themselves. They desire the common good, the greater good. They show unfailing kindness. Can we be friends?
I'd like to tell you about another friend I have. Personally, I've known this friend for a long time. In fact, most of my life. My, my friend is faithful. My friend forgives me when I mess up. There was a big time in my life I got angry and I walked away from him. My friend waited. And eventually I came back and apologized. It had been my fault all along. And he forgave me and welcomed me back. I've really never met anyone else like this friend. So giving, so loving, so loyal, patient, kind, gentle. My friend's strong too, though. Don't let his gentleness fool you. I mean, he can be a lamb, but he can be a lion. My friend gave up his life for me, for all of us, for anyone, for everyone who believes. My friend is Jesus. He's the best friend ever. Jesus is the reason I'm alive today. And Jesus is the reason I'm free. And one day, my friend Jesus is coming back, and he's coming to take me home. Is Jesus your friend too? And now, we have this amazing moment as friends, as family, as the body of Christ, to gather round the table to remember to proclaim the death of Jesus until he comes. Let's pray together.